Hello everyone, welcome to the When It Works podcast. You are with your host, Julian Leahy, and today I'm joined by Galen Wellos and Joe Zeman in Seattle. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Pleasure to be here. And, yeah, I wanted to have you guys on because um, I wanted to have some SEO stuff and have a little chat about SEO, and I wanted to wonder where it's at. Um, is SEO still something that people can expect to get results from in 2022 or is it completely dead due to being too competitive? No, I'll jump right in. SEO is not dead. It's something that is always changing and because it's always changing, it's always going to be relevant uh, for most businesses. And um, has how has it changed? I mean, these days... Um, I mean, back a few years ago, well, quite a few years ago, there were certain ways that you could sort of um, almost cheat the system. And um, and then I saw these guys that had these really sketchy websites on the first page of Google. And then I checked recently, like for, if I would search SEO from Google here, an Australian company would come up and they just looked very dodgy. And then all of a sudden they disappeared off the face of the earth so what's happened? Is Google caught up now and that you can't cheat the system anymore and you've got to produce content? Well, I would, I would say there's a, well, obviously there's a couple of changes, but the biggest change probably is um, the mobile world, right? So people search different ways. So before when you're Googling or searching something, you were typing a specific keyword and then SEO companies back then would just put all the words without any context just on the page somewhere. So those, that page you visited 10 years ago was had a picture and a white screen. And in that white screen was white wording that said SEO copy-pasted a million times. Now it's changed because of the mobile device dynamic where, I mean, we live in a, the, a lazier society where we don't even like to type. We like to talk. So like our personal assistants you know, pick up on how we look for things. So Google has changed their algorithm to be more conversational. So to Joel's point, you have to have good practices for SEO to work nowadays in 2022. And the I'll just add the crazy thing to that is, you know, three or four years ago, Google made like 650 some odd changes to their algorithm. And the next year, year they had like in one, in one year. And then the next year they had like 300 some odd changes to their algorithm. So uh, imagine going to work every single day and the rules change on, change on you every single day. What happens then is it keeps companies like ours on our toes with trying to figure out what exactly Google is looking for in their algorithms, what we need to do with our team to make changes to what we're doing. Um, so it, it just kind of keeps people like us on our toes. It keeps us honest with our clients. And um, people that come to you, do you find that a lot of them have tried to do it, <coughs> excuse me, and failed, or do they come to you with a clean slate and say, "What do I do to get results from Google?" Which is the main sort of thing you find? Um, I would say probably they have tried it in another business, or someone on their team has tried it. Usually, new companies, it's a new iteration, so there's different people have tried different things. But the companies that seem to succeed well are that we work with are companies that are trying it for the first time where they have not had a website. So we build them a website from scratch. And that way, we're able to foundationally set them up correctly 
with what we know the Google Playbook is. And similar to what Joe was saying with our team being on their toes, our playbook is um, I, the best analogy I could give. It's, it's almost like throwing darts on a board. And some months, some darts will stick in terms of what we work with on SEO. The next month, that same dart that is our bullseye may not work. So we have to scramble and be alert and be able to pivot accordingly on how to make these changes. Um, what we tell our clients is SEO, I came up with this analogy. It's, it's almost like riding a bike in the Alps, right? You've seen the Tour de France, but you don't have any brakes. So you keep pedaling. But if you stop pedaling, you don't go to the bottom of the hill eventually. But over time, you will. And there's peaks and valleys. Similar to SEO, we tell our clients and everyone, like, it's it's a climb. And our goal is to eventually climb on the top and stay on the top. But these changes make it a little bit challenging. But that's why we're sustainable and doing what we do to help our clients succeed. And with a lot of marketing, business owners, they kind of want somebody to handle it. I, I was wondering, with, with your clients and SEO, do, do they have to produce content or can they still get results just running their business and then having people do whatever you're doing for them? Or do they I have mean, to start blogging and all that? I mean, the good thing is, is our team does that or in whatever SEO company businesses are working with, a lot of their SEO teams, they do that. I mean, that's just one of the things that we do is create content uh, based upon the keyword phrases and this, the geos or cities that, it, that you know, that companies like ours are targeting. So if it's about, let's say it's a roofer in Seattle, we're going to write articles and press releases and social blogs with content that's relevant to what we're targeting. And then we're going to submit those articles to online publications related to uh, that client's industry. So we write the contents. We do the social blogging. Our team does that. That doesn't shy away from if the business owner, um, if they write, you know, if, if they still want to write blogs or write articles themselves, they can still do that. Uh, part of what we do is like we have a roofer that regularly writes uh, blog posts, submits them to us, and then we syndicate them online for that client. Nobody wants to write blog posts, do they? <laughs> no, they don't. You know, it's a marketing person that's stuck like, oh, do I have to do this? But similarly, uh, yeah. as boring as that is, you know, it's not the sexiest thing, spoiler alert. But uh, sometimes there's content that we could create into like blog posts if, if there's like local press they have, you know, so it's not as dry as it seems sometimes. But you're right, wow. it is pretty unsexy. So. I was reading a blog. I was looking for um, like a faucet, and like I was just reading this blog post about faucets, and I just thought some poor SEO guys have to write this <laughs> thousand-word essay on faucets. This is horrible. Yep, anyway. like the pros and cons of which one and which one looks pretty and which one functions better. And, and, and for yeah. the record, Joe and I are not those writers. So. Thank God. Oh, we're okay. Not, no. Okay. Right. Um, now the other thing. So. Do you still do guest posting? I just wanted to know, does guest posting still work where you can just put stuff on other people's blogs? Occasionally, yes. It's it's really dependent on the source and the uh, like online directory of publication that we're posting with. So sometimes within the home service industry, uh, one piece of content or a writer may work for you know a, another similar kind of industry. So there can be some um guest writing that way you know like uh, 
a specialist in the roofing industry could maybe write on a like roof cleaning or gutter cleaning or siding. So something related and similar. If that and, um, yeah, yeah. And, and what about uh, backlinking? Um, one thing I wanted to know was, um, so is backlinking still really, really important? And two, um, can, do you still get penalized for like reciprocal linking? Like reciprocal linking, like you put your link on my website, I put mine on yours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't personally answer that question. Maybe Galen could help out. Um, I got a well, theory I, that that you don't get penalized for it anymore, but I'm not sure. I mean, I will say that I have let clients know to kind of do some of that, as long as it's, I guess, in the same industry. So if it's like a roofer putting his link on. You know, maybe a handyman site and the handyman putting his link on the roofer site. Um, I don't suppose it would hurt. Now, you can't get penalized. There's a recent, uh, not recent, but a Google Core update where like spammy links, you just put a link to show that, hey, I'm connected to this other web property. You can get penalized for those now. So some people, some shadier SEO companies would just, oh, I created all these links for you because they're trying to show activity to justify the cost of doing business with them and you yeah. will penalize that. Um, and that's part of like the algorithm change now where um, like conversationally, like you're, you have to be kind of relevant in like the content you're doing for SEO to really work. So there's a lot of levers behind the scenes and we try to pull the right levers, but sometimes, you know, that lever may be a pail of water dropping on our head. We have to pivot like, Oh, Get the towel, let's pivot and try another level. Another question I had was about, I've noticed that the nofollow links have almost become like the, a default thing to expect. And um, like somebody will write an article about you and they'll automatically put a nofollow on. Now, I was wondering whether Google would start to actually value those links because if you think about it, it's probably the least spammy form of, of authority that this, this other blog is is linking back to you, and they're saying, "Don't give him, you know, any link juice." Have you noticed that, or or is it is it as it as it is stated that no follow links don't have any value? You know, I can't answer that um, personally. I don't know, Joe, if you have any insight on uh, no follow links. I don't. The great thing about like companies like ours is like we have a team of sixty eight people. So each person's job is some, is something different within the SEO silo, whether it's on page, whether it's off page, or whether it has to do with social, um, like social blogging. Um, so with that, we have a team of people that are constantly up to, you know, staying up to date with what Google is doing, learning what they're doing, and then updating the rest of our team. So even though Galen and I can't answer that question, um, just know that like with companies like ours, yeah, we have, we have team of people that, you know, does do the work or you can always hit up he's going to love this mick Cradier on linkedin he's the ceo and founder of valor marketing you can always hit him up on linkedin he'll love it and um and how long is this process is this like a should be considered to be just uh like an almost like a sa a SaaS service where it's just an ongoing thing or do people sort of stop after a couple of years or or is it got to keep going I mean, I can, I mean, I mean go ahead, 
Oh, SEO, <laughs> SEO is an ongoing thing. Um, I would say clients that we've had SEO, we've had clients for eight, nine years. Because it's something it's that's always... That, um, analogy I said, it's, you're going up and down hills, you're riding a bike with no brakes. So part of the reason a value add on how we're different is almost every, I would say once a year, in terms of geos, we add geos to our clients' campaigns without charging them anything extra. So it's a value add. Since our team does so much work, we add geos as kind of a value add to give better performance to our clients. So our clients that have been with us eight or nine years that may have started with two cities now may have a dozen, 15, 16, 20 cities on their campaign just because that same work our team is doing can be replicated. It, now, you can't do it out of the gate. Just say, I want to SEO the whole continental United States, Hawaii, and Alaska. It doesn't work that way. But over time, we've seen uh, the results pan out for those clients that have done it for a very long time, the long game. And what is the ideal sort of business that you can get the best results for? Uh, casino and farmer? <laughs> I mean, about the only... About the only business that I think the only business that doesn't need help with SEO is like something that's hyper local. So like a dry cleaner or a restaurant, a something that's salon. very local, a yeah. nail salon, something like that that's hyper local. But in most other industries, uh, there's not one specific industry that works better than the other with SEO, unless there's just no competition in their industry for the area that they serve. And but what what is your main um, you know the the real ideal prospect that you have? What sort of businesses are your main people that you help? How big are they? You know, can you give us some ideas so the people watching will think, okay, these guys are probably suitable for me. I'd yeah. say the the industries are home service industries, uh, contractors, a lot of uh, legal. We have clients in the the dental field. There's there's a couple industries we have uh, like online sales in the sales industry. Um, Joe, anything else that I'm missing? No, that's good. 60% trades or service, 30% professional, uh, and like 10% other, like Galen had mentioned. But pri I primarily service-related businesses, plumbers, roofers, HVAC, landscape contractors. Uh, for some reason, why we're just able to kill it with those businesses, septic companies. Yeah. Okay. okay. And what's the first point? a call uh, for people that want to have a chat to you. Say that again. You, you uh, how do you do? You have a, the first protocol, the strategy call. Yeah. What do people do? Yes. The website. The first thing that we do first when we work with a client is make sure they have a website that's functional and primarily on WordPress. And Joe, what, why do we work with only WordPress sites? Because when you do SEO, you need three types of accesses to a website. You need admin access. You need cPanel and FTP access. With sites like Squarespace, Weebly, GoDaddy, any DIY platform, uh, those platforms only provide you with admin access. Um, and we need FTP and cPanel so we can get access to the coding so we can implement changes that our team needs to implement. So if Google pushes out an update and it affects them, we need to be able to have access to make a change right away. And those other DIY platforms, unfortunately, don't have don't give you that type of access. And and WordPress is amazing, and you can do just about anything on it. And um, do you find that people resist that? Like you get these people with Wix websites, and they've spent all this time, and and it's just useless. 
unfortunately, you, it's a you know, shock for some people who's who've invested. Like you know, they worked with a website company, and they're you know they just spent five grand on a website with Wix, and then it's then they get that hard news of what I have to well, rebuild my like, website. It's like telling them your baby's ugly. It's like the news you don't want to deliver, but sometimes necessary. And a lot of people get offended because yeah. they take ownership. They think just because my pictures are pretty, it should work, right? But we know the answer is no, not necessarily. You have, like any good house, you need a good foundation and everything behind the scenes for it to work for that pretty house to be functional. So it's not just look, it's the substance behind it. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the stuff that's under the hood and then you build somebody a WordPress site and they say, I don't like it. It's like, because of the way, the way it looks. It's like, well, <laughs> how much is that going to earn you? Right. So that's just right. we, we're, we're just different because we're, uh, we're transparent and we're honest. Um, we'll tell people the truth and rather walk away and educate someone than trying to swindle them and get a deal. That's just not. Uh, the kind of company that when we found the company like who we are so we we like to be upfront and honest with like the clients so. oh yeah there was something i saw um i saw joe say that um you know we don't have a, a set set packages was that you that said that on one of your yeah podcasts? we don't have i mean we we do when it comes to marketing packages there's no such thing as a marketing package when it comes to SEO, there's different investment levels depending on how much work you want done um, and how many keyword phrases and how many geos a business is targeting. But as far as package deals for marketing, yeah, we don't do package deals because every single business is different uh, and they, each business has different marketing goals. So as a business reaches their uh, goals, then their marketing strategy should also change. Wonderful. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. I, I got some good questions there that I wanted to ask about SEO. And uh, if you guys want to get some help, head over to VelaMarketingLLC.com. Have a chat to one of the guys and um, start getting, first of all, make sure you've got a WordPress site, get rid of that Wix site and, um, and get Thank some you. SEO happening. Can I uh, share one little tidbit of information at the end here? No, Joe. So yes, yes. <laughs> so this is something that any service related business can do and it revolves around the Google Maps section. So if your cell phone has your GPS enabled, you could snap a picture. So let's say our roofing contractor and our roofer services multiple cities. But in Google My Business, you can only show up where you're physically located or where you've claimed your local listing for your, like your you know your city, state and zip. So what you would do is you would take a picture with your phone of the work that you're doing, then you would go to your Google My Business page. Uh, you would create a post, so like a what's new post. You would drop that picture in, and then in the description, you would put keyword phrases in there that kind of matches what you're trying to do for SEO. So maybe like um, residential re-roof in city, comma, state. So that city, comma, state, and those keywords are then matched with the geolocation uh, of the picture that you just took. And then you post it to Google Maps, and it helps you drop pins all over Google Maps. So over time, as a long-term strategy, you could start showing up with your business all over Google Maps. Well, that's interesting. So, and, and that's only in Google Maps. So the images you can upload them in, and they kind of geotag the location. And, yep, you're uh, right. It, it wouldn't make sense for like an attorney or dentist that, or you're going to sit in the chair. You're not going to take 300 pictures of a patient or a client in your office, but for a business that 
canvas is a, a wider area where you want to show, that is where uh, that play makes sense in that playbook. So interesting. How long has that been a thing with Google Maps? So we've so we actually found out about it uh, from one of our clients who's paying for the service, and then we helped create it. Uh, with another service that we offer. But a lot of times we just educate people on something that they can do themselves. So if you're listening, I just saved you $10,000 a year. However, if you want to pay for it, if you just don't have the time to do it, then there's companies like ours or other companies out there that can help manage it for you. Great example of, of really why you need to have an SEO person because I would never uh, figure out something like that. And the people that are in the trenches are coming up with all these things that... Um, you need to know but so oh, i think with seo you got to get a professional so thanks for coming on joe and galen yeah thank you for having us wonderful and i'll see you very soon on another episode